This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PGA of Canada Tea Talks podcast. My name is Mark Rowe from TSN, and I can't wait to chat with our guest today because not only is he incredibly accomplished, uh, he's someone that you immediately stop what you're doing when you hear him speak, which in my business is often the biggest challenge to face, and very few have actually mastered it. Somehow he's been able to do it, and this man. Uh, is a club industry leader with over 30 years of experience in the golf and service industry, presenting keynote sessions and workshop seminars at major golf industry events around the world, including the NGCOA National Conference, which he's done 16 times, uh, the Asia Pacific Golf Summit, the European Golf Business Conference, uh, the CMA, uh, CMAA World Conference, and uh, and many more. And in, in 2022, he was actually the keynote speaker at the Australian Club Managers Conference in Melbourne. He's also a former golf professional and club manager, so he has real-life experience in the industry. Uh, his success as a leader is evident in the recognitions bestowed upon himself and his teams, including his facility being recognized by Golf Digest as having the fifth best customer servants in North America and being rated BC Business Magazine's uh, one of top 10 employers in the province. His company, Cronk Group, helps clubs and organizations achieve their goals and increase their profits by improving their systems, their service, and their people. And just last year, he and his business partner, Scott Massey, launched Golf Industry Guru, which is a global online training platform for golf clubs featuring Stuff like tools, tips, templates, videos, and blogs from many of the world's leading golf and hospitality industry gurus. It is so great to have James Kronk join us. James, welcome to the T-Talks podcast. Mark, that is fantastic. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. But I got to tell you, we got to edit that introduction. That thing is way too long. Holy smokes. Like, I should have sent you three sentences. But uh, but listen, I, I appreciate the introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been loving listening to your tea talks. I'm honored to be uh, one of the guests, and I look forward to our chat today. Thanks so much for having me. Well, James, it's a good problem to have because there are other scenarios where you're like, I need a little more meat to this bone. Like, what can we make up about this person, or what can we add? But certainly, certainly not with you. Um, and you know, we're calling this episode "How to Be a." powered on pro which is a a really cool phrase and one of those things where if you said it to an audience everyone's going to be like yeah i want to be a powered on pro and then if you ask them how do you be a powered on pro or what is a powered on pro they would be like i I don't i don't really know so let's start there what do you mean by powered on well that's great you know um i use that term mark and i i use it uh i've been using it for a long long time to try to kind of uh, describe to people what I think is what uh, one of the qualities of success, I guess, in, in this business. I'm a big believer that we're in the people business. Uh, you know, we really have to kind of uh, come to the table every morning and kind of be be powered on, really, to, to kind of 
deal with all the things that we have to deal with. And, um, you know, you talked earlier on in my introduction about uh, some of the accolades or things like that in my past. I mean, I've been incredibly lucky to work for and learn from some very brilliant uh, golf professionals and managers and operators. And one of the things that I feel like, you know, they're just they, 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 they bring out of people is that ability to be kind of passionate about the golf business. And I'd say that's kind of what Powered On is to me. It's like being passionate. So, you know, being whether you're a teacher, whether you're a player, whether you're a retailer, whether you're a business guy that sits at a desk or girl, you know, being passionate about uh, the golf business, about the people business, um, being passionate about something. I think that's what being Powered On is. And one of the things that I like to do with, with young golf pros when we're chatting or we're, or we're discussing uh, being powered on, it's like, what is the one thing that you're passionate about? What's the, just, well, it, it might be a hobby. It might be your children. It might be, you know, uh, playing the game. It might be all, it might be work, but you've got to be passionate about something. And so uh, that's, uh, that to me is the definition of powered on is to be, try to think about what does it take for me to show up every day, energized, excited, ready to, ready to do what I got to do. You know, James, there are so many people out there who are, who are envious of you. And, and I don't necessarily say that because I'm supposed to suck up to the guest. But, you know, everyone wants to be successful. Okay, check there. Everyone wants to work in golf or work in a sport or, you know, be in this business that you say to yourself, well, that would be a lot of fun. And everyone wants to be a leader as well. So putting that all together. Give us the secret. What are some of the traits of being a successful leader in the golf industry? Well, uh, that's a good one. I mean, I would say let's start off with uh, the fact that, as I mentioned before, you've got to be realizing the people business and you got to care about people, you know? So I think that's, that's certainly part of it. You have to have empathy towards others and to care about the people that you're working with, working alongside, you've got to, you know, uh, as I mentioned, I mean, I've I've worked for, learned from, talked to, hung out with a whole bunch of uh, individuals in this industry that I just am able to soak up from. You know, and 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 that's all I'm always trying to do is to soak up that best practices that I'm seeing and hearing, and see if I can apply that to the things that I'm trying to do on a day to day basis, and. And it's, as you know, Mark, it's a journey. We're never, we're never there. You know, what, what, what a success to one person is failure to somebody else. So, you know, let's, uh, let, you know, be clear about that. Um, but I would say, you know, when I think about the traits of successful powered on pros, you know, there's a few things, as I said, they care about people. Um, they are great communicators. You know, you mentioned earlier on about talking. I was a failed actor before I got in the golf business. I, so, no I love really? a, oh yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I just say that my best my best role as an actor was as a janitor because that's what paid the bills. <laughs> it, certainly, it certainly wasn't uh, being on television, but um so I, you know, I'm I'm very lucky. I love a stage. I love a microphone. I love to I love to get a chance to kind of communicate. But but being a good communicator, which as everyone knows is as much about listening as it is about talking. Um, so I'd say that's a trait that is really kind of critical. I would say that, um, you know, the people that I follow and listen to, um, they're innovative individuals. You know, they're they're always trying to get better. They're always looking at ways in their in their business for themselves um, on how to get better. How how can I improve? Learning, you know, educating themselves, finding out new ideas, reading. 
I mean, that's obviously a trade of any any industry, but I think in our business in particular, it's something that's critically important. And then I'd say that maybe the one more thing I'd probably add to that, Mark, is that we talk about managing people. Um, you know, we have to manage what would I call managing down and managing up, you know, so we have to motivate the, the, our team and the people that we, we you know, work for us, whether we have a department of one or a department of 100, we, we have to lead them and all that stuff. But also, I think you also have to manage up, you have to be able to satisfy your bosses, whoever, someone's writing your paycheck, right, whether or not, you know, there's very few that own everything as a golf professional on the shop. So, you know, being able to speak the speak, whether you're talking to a board or a general manager or a golf course owner, uh, your boss, I think um, the traits that I see are, are some of those, I guess, those are the examples that I would give that I, as I said, I've learned from and witnessed from so many great golf professionals and managers in my, in my day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and just going back to the whole listening aspect, like that's, funny that you bring that up because it's one of the first things I tell young broadcasters when they're interviewing someone because you see that all the time when in a you, know, you might be watching a hockey game or you might be watching you know a, a PGA tour or LPGA tour event and you're talking to a golfer and and you ask them a question and you immediately are just thinking what's my next question and they could be giving you they could be giving you gold that is your next question and 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 to bring that back into into your world you know, maybe leaders in the past haven't been so receptive to listen to those around them. And, and maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe it's a power thing, um, since that is our, our uh, kind of theme for today's episode. But how has the role of, of leaders in the golf industry changed over the last decade? Well, um, I mean, in my, you know, in my opinion, you know, once again, I mean, whenever I'm sharing something i always like to say it's just one guy's opinion from 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 walking around and and listening to to others but um i mean i, I look i i've always believed very strongly mark that one of the challenges that we face in our industry is that we forget that it's a business because we are in the golf business and and yes that we're we like to hit it 260 yards and sometimes it's straight um and um you know we like to get out and 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 show that we're the player of the game we're the teacher of the game i'm talking about golf professionals we're the player of the game a teacher of the game you know we need to be able to order and close and retail it and market it we need to be able to understand numbers i mean we have to do all kinds of different things well not to mention relationships and customers and service and with a smile and all those other types of things. So I would say how it's really changed. Let's talk before COVID. You know, there's a great uh, quote that if you're broken before COVID, you're still broken, right? So <laughs> yeah. so if the business, if your business was not working before COVID, just because you're 20% up on rounds of golf doesn't mean you fixed anything. You know, you're you're still doing the same thing. But when we were going through that reduction in rounds of golf in, in the world and certainly in North America, and we were going through those challenges, you know, wallets get tighter, uh, expenses get higher, you know, businesses get more, uh, have higher expectations. Uh, owners get more, have more expectations. Boards of directors, if you're in a private club, have more expectations. So you, I think the, the role of the golf professional has, has really been forced to understand that we're in the we're in the business of golf and and everything has to have an ROI you know whether whether it's 
Um, whether it's what's the ROI you're providing a, a young staff person that's working for you or what's the ROI you're providing the people that write your check, we need to make sure that we're providing an ROI. So, um, you know, there was a whole bunch of discounting that was going on, obviously, uh, you know, from a, for those golf professionals that were setting pricing or or, or, or making that happen. Um, and and that's obviously you can't discount your way to success. You can't, you know, I like to say, what's the cost of golf? You know, like what's the value of golf? I mean, you know, it, it's what what's the $60 green fee versus a $400 green fee. It's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. You know, what, what's, what's the, what's the, what's the value of five hours of quality time with your friends and family. Um, so, you know, we try to put price on, on a, on a hobby and an activity that in my opinion, you can't put a price on. Um, so I think the business side of it's probably the, the, the number one, thing i think that's that's really changed i think the second thing that's really changed mark and i think that's what's happened in particular i think because of covid is i think there's a lot of great there's much greater collaboration among the industry among peers you know when you even look at the national organizations you know with with uh, with the allied association and with uh, all the different peers working together at that level i think that um golf professionals now are are much more willing to share ideas and challenges with each other and, and, and solutions with each other. So um, I think that's something that's really kind of changed for the role of the, of the golf professional. I think it's a challenging time. I think that we need to be very aware that we don't have a right to a job, Mm -hmm. you know, just because you have a certificate doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're, you get to run the golf shop the best person gets to run the golf shop, yeah. whether they can shoot 72 or not. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, I would say the one thing that I would say is that you can see from even the PGA of Canada, how much more they are focused on educating members, things like this, things like T-Talks Live, all the various different uh, efforts of the PGA of Canada to, train young golf professionals and of any age um i think that's in itself indicative of the greater challenges that golf professionals face in their day-to-day jobs so you also you did bring up covid does that change the role of the leader at all or is you know covid obviously happened had a huge effect on golf like it had a huge effect on the rest of the world um, is the same, do the same principles stand today as they did in 2019 before, you know, the, the world was turned upside down? Well, I think that for the golf professional, the difference is that we have this amazing opportunity right now to, to establish, to continue to establish ourselves as the leaders in the game, right? So, so prior to COVID, when, when budgets were getting cut, Rounds of golf were declining. Uh, wait lists were being, you know, reducing. Uh, it's very difficult to be aggressive and progressive when your market is shrinking, when your business is shrinking. We now have this new resurgence of golf. The intermediates playing the game. Rounds of golf up 10%. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to stay there forever, Mark, in my humble opinion. But I think we're going we're gonna to be way better than we were in 2018, three years from now, that's for sure. But now we have this opportunity to to develop those relationships with with golfers and to to help businesses maximize their their revenues and to 
to make sure that we help boards and 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 directors and and general managers uh, make the most out of this opportunity that we have right in front of us, right? I mean, during COVID, the last couple of years, it was kind of like survival mode. It was like, holy smokes, like, you know, what are we going to do? We got 240 people teeing off today. How do we just keep the greens from getting beat up? But now we have to be more smarter than that. We have to we have to deal with pricing and, and yield management and, and all those types of things, depending on what your role is, obviously. Um, you know, this new interest in golf, this, if you, if I was a teacher, I mean, first of all, you never want to take a lesson from me. I can assure you more because <laughs> I, I, I am, I am not a golf professional that uh, is going to help someone lower their handicap. But if I was a teacher, uh, I sure would be excited right now about all the talk that's going on about the game of golf, about that opportunity to get new people into the game, to learn the game of golf. I'd be walking the driving range all day long, giving free tips uh, growing my database of potential customers because the excitement around golf right now is is as high as it's ever been, and we need to take advantage of that. I think uh, significantly. Well, the answer to my next question uh, is I'm going to guess a lot different today than it was two years ago, uh, when, as you just pointed out, you're in survival mode because it's the pandemic and and how. How are you, you know, you have all these people on your golf course, but how are you going to execute it? How are you allowed to execute, you know, bringing all these people and allowing them to, to play around? Um, so with that being said, what are some of the big challenges facing leaders today? Uh, I know you touched upon it a, a little bit earlier, but um, that seems to evolve as you kind of go season by season in your world. Yeah, you know, w- when I talk to people and I get a chance to um you know, I get a chance to read a lot of stuff and to talk to a lot of people that are really smart and, and are really actively involved in the golf business. And and when I when I pull away kind of the themes of that, you know, and 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 you know, at the at the twenty thousand foot level, this might not be applicable to obviously someone that's listening right now. They're going to have their own challenges and their own opportunities. You know, some of this is going to resonate, and some is not going to resonate. But if you want to look at some themes that's going on in the world today, I mean, number one is the challenging customer is getting way worse. Mm-hmm. So so what COVID hit this kind of switch of the customer that made everyone feel more entitled to to just what they expect. It's like, I, I expect my nine o'clock tea time on Saturday morning. I don't know what the problem is. Right. So so that that attitude has grown um, and and. And no one, you know, we, you can read all kinds of stuff about to explain why, but the the fact is, is that uh, the customer has this sense of entitlement uh, that we have to deal with. That that just is the reality is that we've got more individuals wondering why they've got to pay, you know, 10% more in their, for the range balls uh, or, or they, or they can't get there. As I said, they're nine o'clock tea time on a Saturday morning. We've got to be able to deal with that. So that's, that's certainly sense of entitlement is certainly something. Um, I would say the other thing that managers are facing today, and it, it, you know, it depends on where you're working. If you're, let's just talk about board driven clubs. If you're a golf professional or that, that let's say manages or works at a private club that has a board, there's all kinds of stuff out there that will tell you, Mark, that, that governance is is not at the best that it's ever been in the world of volunteerism and boards. Okay, so so you know boards of directors that want to talk about the French fries and want to talk about you know the men's night prize table, 
uh, as opposed to, you know, strategic planning, which is what they're supposed to talk about. There's so meddling boards is a, is a trend that it, once again, if you listen to club managers or, or you talk to individuals in that, in that world, that's a trend that doesn't mean it's applicable to every club, but it's a trend. Um, you know, I think what COVID created was one of the great things that COVID created was this sense that of, of regulations, you know, like before COVID, it's like, if you said to someone, you know, what's your safety policy in case of an emergency, you know, five people would look blankly up in the sky and (laughs) two people, you know, two people would put up their hand right now, you know, we all are aware of, you know, the regulations and, and what's required and the paperwork and the, you know, waivers, let's just talk about waivers, you know, like in the insurance side of things. I mean, um, we, we got, we've gotten better, I think so. And, and, but we also have that expectation now. So I think the golf industry and, and, and our business is facing more kind of regulations that we weren't uh, weren't maybe facing pre-COVID a little bit, and then and then obviously lastly is you know once I said whether or not you're you're hiring one kid for the back shop or you're responsible for hiring you know five golf professionals, um, staffing is a challenge, right? I mean, people people are a challenge. You know, they they want three days off to take care of their sick cat, and and if you don't let them. Uh, well, they'll go find somewhere else to work. So, so staffing is 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 certainly a challenge. And that, that, that's where I want to go because you're not the first person in in this world who's brought that up. And and I guess you know the the issues can vary from uh, industry to industry, or or even from golf club to golf club. Um, what are the solutions? You know, how, how what are some ways that you know a golf professional or just golf clubs in general can address this? Well, so you're right. I mean, number one is this is, you know, read any magazine about even our in our business or the hospitality business. Uh, watch, listen to any podcast or show. You're going to hear people talking about staffing challenges. I mean, I've got a 16 year old that believes he's going to make a million dollars on TikTok. And he's got, <laughs> you know, he's got no interest in doing dishes or getting up at five in the morning and breaking bunkers. Oh, right. So, <laughs> so. So the staffing challenges are are real, um, and and but but I guess what I would like to propose is that if you're an employer of choice, if you do a great job of being a great place to work, you know, we could name some restaurants, but or or some hotels. You know, there's some businesses that never seem to have a staffing problem, right? right? And so so what's the reason why? I guess that then look at that. You know, why is that? And obviously. I, I so I think there's some things that you can do, right, to to be to to take care of your staffing challenge. I mean, for example, I think that you know you've got to be really clear about what's your culture, like what what's your service culture, what do you believe in, right? Like so, they talk about the the you know Gen Zs and 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 all this kind of uh, need for them to work up somewhere where they have a cause, right? Where they where they where they believe in what they're doing. Well, we sometimes we can't even define. What separates this my golf course from the golf course down the street? What separates my golf shop from the golf shop down the street? What separates my instruction academy from the instruction academy down the street? What what am I all about? What's what's different about about my business that's that that's gonna make you wanna come work for me as opposed to, you know, the course B down the street? What's how do I define that? And and can you define that? Because I think you should define that. I think the 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 second thing that you know, we, we, we need to get clear on is like, like everyone 
you know, we do things for ourselves. So we have to be able to communicate to a young or old employee what they're going to get by coming to work for us. Like, you you know, whether it's, I'm going to teach you how to be a better communicator. I'm going to teach you how to be a retailer. I'm going to teach you a, a, a way how to grow your, your, your customer database and to improve your lesson program so that one day you can be, have your own academy one day, if that's what you strive to do. You know, come if you come work for me, I'm going to ensure that I don't have you just scrubbing hooks for the entire summer. I'm going to make sure that you get a chance to drive the picker and you're going to get a chance to fold shirts and you're going to get a chance to learn about the T-sheet and the POS system, like whatever, whatever is the, 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 the thing, right? What's the, what's the ROI that you can kind of give that person? And then I think, you know, the, the other way to kind of deal with staffing and it's kind of relates to that same thing about giving them lots of opportunity. It's very clear when you look at studies of what young people are looking for, they want to learn. They want a job where they learn something. And so, you know, we, we, I think we have that responsibility to be educators, right? And to, once again, to really realize that we can give them that opportunity to, 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 to help them, to help, to help their career. I mean, the, what I, all the things that I was able to do uh, or, or I'm doing, I learned obviously from, from great peers and great golf professionals that, that were willing to show me the ropes and, 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 and let me make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it, you're you're turning something into what's what uh, an employee will call their job, and they'll start calling it their career, right? And I wonder how much that connects to what you were saying a little bit earlier about being the employer of choice in your market, because that is something that I'm sure everyone listening wants to achieve at some point. How does your your club get that status of of the success in your sort of you know in your uh, geographical location uh, within the country? Well, you know, not everyone can have a Thomas McBroom uh, design golf course, right? Or, 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 a you know, top 10 public golf course in the country or, you know, be the Shaughnessy or the, you know, St. George's of the world. So, so once again, you know, I know so many facilities that, create such a great culture that they have people that keep coming back year after year for their job that keep, you know, they, they bring their friends, you know, they're, they're, they're a place that the, the, you know, gone are the days when we can, you know, walk around yelling at people and, you know, not having a smile on our face and, you know, looking like we're, you know, solving the world's problems every day. I mean, we're not building rockets and saving lives. I like to tell people we're, we're in the golf business. We're supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a good time, you know? So, you know, how many times, and, and I know, you know, no one listening would be this scenario, Mark, but how many times you walked in a golf shop and seen the back of someone's back while they're staring at the golf channel, you know, texting on their phone? Sure. It happens far. It happens far too often. I'm sorry to say, it just does. It happens far too often, and we have a industry perception problem when all we talk about is shooting 72. We need to be, you know, a place where, where, where our club is in the service business, right? And so I, I would say, you know, those those clubs being the employer of choice, you know, they're they're they, they commit to the community. Right, they they support. They they have a purpose, 
you know, they're, they're, they're trying new things. They're being innovative. You know, they, they recognize their employees, they reward their employees. And it doesn't matter whether or not it's a, you know, pat on the back or whether or not it's a, a organized structured, you know, rewards program that, you know, is, it kicks into someone's RSP. I mean, it, it, whatever it is at the end of the day, you know, that to be that employer of choice in a market, um, you obviously care about your people and, and, and when you look to those golf professionals that keep getting hired and keep getting those great jobs, right. And you, you, you know, you, you look at the, um, you know, the Rob Roxboroughs of the world and the, and, and the various different guys that, that keep going up the ladder and, and, and creating, getting to these other esteemed positions, right. They're great people, people, right. They're, they're, they're looking in the eye, shake your hand, you know, listen to you, empathy, uh, you know, what can I do for you today? Service mindset. And I think that's how that attitude has to exist throughout the entire club. And and it starts at the top, right? It starts at the top, whether you're the head professional or the general manager, or you're just in charge of the back shop, it starts at the top. Absolutely. It's fun. It, you know, you bring up golf clubs in the community and I feel like historically that's never happened. You know, that there, it was almost like, it was almost like golf courses were like the Vatican, right? Where like you were stepping onto like their territory. And then when you left, you were going back to your, your town or your city. And there was no, there was a hard line a border. And, you know, as you bring up, like it takes the, the leaders to, to change that. So, so how do you see the evolution of golf moving forward? And, and I guess maybe the better question is how can the, the PGA pro position themselves to be the leader of that? Well, yeah, what a, what, well, as I said, I mean, what an opportunity, like, you know, this Mark in your, in your business, I I can't recall a time when there was so much conversation around golf Mm -hmm. in, 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 in the last two decades, like, okay. Like, so, so like when you talk about live golf, you talk about Tiger Woods and Rory, you talk about all the things that are going on, the masters coming up soon, uh, at least in, in, in this time, you know, you think about all the things that are going on. L- last year, I thought it was a very interesting statistic. One third of the rounds of golf that were played last year in the United States was played not at a golf course. It was played in a simulator, in a, in a, at a putt shack or at, at you know, at a, a, a nine holder or whatever, whatever it might be, but it was not a traditional 18 hole round of golf. So, you know, when you say how does the PGA um, or how does a golf professional, I, I think, so I've, well, I think we keep doing what we've always said we're going to do, but we have to be very, we have to be louder about it. We have to talk more about the fact that we are the experts in the game to run the business of the game. You know, I, um, we, we teach, the, I like to say there is no one more suited than a golf professional to grow the game. Right. If you don't, unless you, you know, we teach the game, we understand the game, we play the game, you know, we promote the game and we understand the business of the game. This is the time for the golf professional to ensure that we're getting involved in these non-traditional markets, that we're getting involved in, in, in the innovation of technology and how that 
it comes to the forefront of, of the sport. I mean, the customer is way more educated when they walk in the golf shop today because of, you know, they can, they can have their own track man at home for goodness sakes. And they, you know, so if, if, if we want to teach the game and we don't know the, the current technology or the, or who's hot and who's not, you know, what everyone's talking about, we've got to educate ourselves and, and be on top of it. So, I mean, I, I think that the evolution is a continuation really of what we've always said. I just believe that we have to be a little bit more progressive, uh, demanding of our association to be the leaders, to be, to be the leaders. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to um, a group of golf professionals next week in, in another part of the country. My question mark is why is every single golf professional not at that session? Okay, it's not not. And, and by the way, I'm just one of three or four other speakers. There's there's brilliant speakers, that are, so don't go for me. You know, go to see Henry Brunton or go to see some of the other people that are going to talk. But the apathy that we have is what is going to uh, overcoming the apathy that we have is what is going to make or break the careers of so many young golf professionals. And that's the opportunity that they have. In in my humble opinion, we 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 don't we don't have the right to, to to lead the game of golf. We have to continue to earn the right to lead the game of golf. And would that be your like you just brought up, um, you know, apathy among especially like young golf professionals? Would that be your advice to them to? to show the initiative to go out to these events, like the one you're about to go to in Ottawa or somewhere else, or, or, you know, like, uh, like a lot of things in life, it's not going to be handed to you. Right. And you got to go out and, and get it. You got to talk to a guy like yourself or somebody else and just, you know, pick your brain. Right. And, and, you know, kind of open yourself up to, to being someone maybe slightly different or better or, or just think, cause we all think we all kind of, get stuck in our own ways that we need to talk to someone with a different perspective. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And even if it's just having a beer or a coffee with a fellow golf professional that is from another part of town and sharing your own challenges or your opportunities or your own stories and, and learning a different way of dealing things. Hey, you know, man, I, you know, my boss never gives me a chance to try something new. How, how have you taken, you know, what have you done to, to solve that? Right. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm trying not to be critical because I don't like to be critical, but, but, but I always like to say it's not all unicorns and lollipops. I mean, the reality is that we, my, my advice would be a couple of things. I think number one is try to define what success looks like for you. You know, like, like, like success doesn't necessarily mean being the head professional of, Shaughnessy Golf Club, you know, or, 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 you know, there's so many ways in our business that you can have a career. Uh, You know, there's, there's, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, now, now even with a certification, all the different things of the PGA can, I mean, we've expanded all the different ways that you can make a living, you know, with, with still be a golf professional, right? So defining what your, your success looks like and, and being clear about what that is. I think that's, that's certainly advice I'd give. Just like you said, I mean, learn from other people, 
I, I, you know, find the great best people to work for, find the mentors in your area, fall, you know, take advantage of all the opportunities to talk to people. I'd say, you know, that's, that's incredibly important. Um, you know, I would say volunteering, I think, you know, I think that um, being, getting part of your board or, you know, your local chapter, you know, getting on a committee in your organization in your local zone, you know, uh, just even volunteering at events or term, whatever it might be volunteering is a, is a critical important way I think of of learning the business and learning the industry and and working alongside those other individuals that are giving back right because those are always going to be the leaders in your in your area um that's the advice I would give and I guess you know lastly I I, I would I would share with a, a young professional or really anyone that like you said we have to earn it, it it's it's not a given it, it's hard work you know, it's, it's, it's hard work. So if, if you, if, if you spend your eight hour shift, just waiting to go tee it up at two Oh five. And that's what you're there for. Well, then, then that's what you're going to get. <laughs> but, but if, but if you, you know, when I come from the day when, you know, you work 70 hours a week and, you know, you, you, you slept in the, in the back shop and if you had to, and, you know, if I remember the worst thing in the world was driving down to the club and seeing the head professional's car before I got there. If that ever happened, I, I knew I was in trouble, right? So those days are gone, obviously, but that doesn't mean it doesn't take a lot of hard work to, to you know, make the most of things. You know, it's like, any, but it'd be like anything. You know, if you're going to university, you're going to, you know, get a career in, in some other industry. You know, you want to be a salesperson. Right. If you wanted to make a living in sales, well, guess what? If you don't pick up the phone and knock on doors, you're not going to make any sales. So it's no different than if you don't walk down the driving range and ask someone if they want a lesson. Guess what? You're not going to get any more students. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap things up with um, you, you brought this stat about, you know, the. Um, you know, the fact that the industry is up about 10% uh, because of COVID and that you are skeptical that you're going to be able to maintain that. Um, that's not to say that you're hoping that it, uh, it doesn't, you don't maintain it. So, you know, what are the opportunities for the industry and PGA professionals to retain that momentum? Well, There are fa- there there are facts we have to be aware of, okay, and and the aging population, mm-hmm. and the immigration that comes to Canada that comes from non golf playing countries, uh, and the fact so those are facts, um, you know, junior golf and technology, golf is an incredibly difficult game to learn. And my kids learn games on their phones and master them in three minutes. Right. <laughs> they are wired to become experts at things through technology. And that is the opposite of golf. Now, that's also the opportunity that golf presents itself, which is what a wonderful way to get away from technology to, to be outside. But, but, you know, and then we can get into the whole politics around, you know, growing the game and junior golf and the fact that if I run a business, I can't give up three hours of tea times for 10 year olds uh, if I want to pay the bills because the cost of running a golf course is is incredibly difficult. So what the golf professional, I think, 
can 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 do to 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 address this you know mark if i said to you tell me where your non golfing friends go to learn the game do they do they know where there's a uh free golf night do they know do they know that their local course every wednesday has two golf professionals on the putting green giving free putting lessons and chipping lessons, followed by a glass of wine, followed by a little introduction on what a golf club looks like or how it works. Does that, does that happen every week at every club every day? Because that's, that's what has to happen. Like, you know, you talk about golf in schools, you talk about golf in community centers. I mean, there are those individuals that drive that stuff and do a great job with that stuff. But every single facility needs to have a program to feed the system for their future. And, 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 and there's lots of justified reasons why those things don't happen. Like, like I get it. I understand the realities of, of, of life and of business and careers. Like, you know, how much can you cultivate the garden when you need to kind of make money tomorrow? I mean, these are the great challenges that we face, but um, I would say that, that, you know, getting out in the community um, bringing non-golfers into the fold, ensuring that you have active programs, ensuring as a golf professional that you that you embrace, you know, yes, there's, of course, the Sean Foley's of the world. The, the, you know, there's, of course, there's teaching the one handicapper how to, how to you know, make the tour. But there's also got to be as 10 times more individuals you know, talking talking to that person that's never stepped on a golf course before and making them feel comfortable. We don't do a good enough job about that. We simply don't. When when a, when a brand new golfer walks to a club, we just don't do the best job possible of making them feel warm and fuzzy. And and that might be a uh, an unpopular thing to say, but I if 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 I asked all of my non golfing friends what they feel about their golf experiences or walking into a clubhouse and the intimidation factor and all those other things, they wouldn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So, so if they don't know where to go, how do we expect them to find us and, and sure. to make it all happen? So anyway, sorry, not to, not to go on my little uh, pulpit there, but um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we have such an opportunity. And as I said, I, I think golf has never been more in the forefront uh, of, 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 of the community. And I think we have this amazing opportunity right now to, um, to, to take advantage of that. Well said. Um, this has been great, James. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for making me sound pretty smart, which is really tough to do because I built you up as uh, this really intelligent and yet entertaining guy. And for the last 45 minutes or so you've delivered. So, uh, appreciate that. Uh, all the best with, uh, what should be a really busy 2023 season for you. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's so, uh, you know, we're Mark, we are very fortunate to be in the golf business, you know, and I like to say, I don't think I've ever met anyone that I didn't like in the golf business. I know they wouldn't say the same about me. I can assure you, <laughs> but, but, but I have it. And uh, we're very, very fortunate. And, and I love what you're doing. I love, I love what the PGA Canada is doing uh, to educate uh, all of us as golf professionals. And I really appreciate your time. So thanks so much for having me.
we really appreciate uh, you taking some time as well. And, and thanks to you for listening once again and tuning into this episode of Tea Talks Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean for up-to-date podcast alerts and early access. This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living.